and welcome everyone to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm Patrick Hart, and you're listening to our show, What to Be, where we interview inspiring people and highlight their careers. What to Be is a program provided by Your Future is Our Business, a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps students explore careers through programs such as college and career expos, panels, and other work-based learning activities. Please note that the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or your future is our business. The information provided during this program does not reflect its career in its entirety. And today I have the pleasure to speak to Leif Rovic, who is a CTE instructor for construction tech and mill cabinet making at Soquel High School. Hi Leif. Hello, good morning. Morning, thank you very much for helping us do this interview. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Leif, do you mind briefly describing your career journey for us? I know you've been at Soquel a long time. You know, I even took your class when I was there a while ago. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Briefly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, the journey started probably when I was eight or nine years old when I used to build tree forts. It moved on to I lived in a commune at the age of 14 and 15, and we were doing construction and remodel work there. And I found that I really liked doing hands-on and construction type work. I um, graduated high school and went to Cabrillo College for a year and studied building technology there. Realized that was fairly limited and sort of chose my direction, which was to be a finished carpenter, did some work for a number of small contractors in the area, and then got hired by a cabinet shop and, and was admitted into the Cabinet Makers Union. Four years later, I graduated. I uh, became a journeyman cabinet maker of the United Brotherhood of Carpenters and Joiners of America. I worked for about a year like that. And then the economy being what it was being, I had a choice of either moving over the hill or going over the hill to work or starting my own business. So I started my own business, which eventually became a partnership, which lasted as a partnership until about 2000 and then became a sole proprietorship business, aerobic custom millwork. During that time, I came to, I decided I needed to teach. I wanted to teach because everybody who had taught me had passed on pretty much. And I decided I figured I owed it to them to pass it on as well. So I started teaching one class here at Soquel High School of Cabinet Making. That grew into two classes occasionally, one or two based on student demand. And then in 2006, I was offered the full-time position here as the to run the woodshop construction tech and cabinet making program. I don't have a degree. I didn't go to college to get a teaching credential. But the regional occupational program had a, had a credentialing program for people coming in from industry. And I got, the, I got my credential that way. And so suddenly I discovered I was a full-time teacher in 2006. My, my business ran for about two years, but just couldn't deal with it. So 2008, the business closed and I've been teaching full-time ever since. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah. do, you want to sh- do you want to share some of your, like the duties and responsibilities along with your work? Your school? Yes. Oh, uh, duty responsibilities is to make sure my students don't injure themselves, to teach safe use of equipment, to teach basics of woodworking. And I come at, I come at it from an um, industry perspective. Uh, like I, say, I set up the shop. When I first came to work, even though I was only part-time, I tried to set up the shop here like my own cabinet shop. So all the, all the, set, all the necessary equipment was available to my students. And I still try to do that to this today, try and give a, a realistic view of the industry when they're working like as soon as I'm done with this interview we're going to be out pouring concrete on campus with my students okay so. okay cool and does uh, pouring concrete when the weather's like this is that tough well, or 
it's not raining now and we're not doing a we're not doing a slab or a flat we're actually infilling block which will be okay. a planter which will be a planter box for a tree a tree that the planter box fell down and around it so we made it bigger and built a box around it now we're going to be filling that infilling with concrete nice they're on campus at socal high school yes okay very nice and do you want to talk about the you know what is the cte at socal it's, it's career technical education is statewide. It's a state. It's a statewide funded programs, and it, career technical education involves any any industry that could be either college. It could be either college bound or not necessarily college bound. In my case, a person could go on to become an engineer or an architect, a project manager. Those are all things you can get degrees for, or they could go straight into the industry, be a carpenter, plumber, electrician, whatever they choose to do like I did, and you serve it. If you go, I try and push the union route because it pays better. You don't, your education costs you nothing. You have medical benefits and retirement starting to put away pretty much from day one within the first six months. Yeah, that's great. And you talked about that you got a certificate and, and that that took you four years to get. Is that the typical length of time to achieve that certificate? Yeah, I believe for a cabinet cabinet maker or a carpenter, I believe that's true. I think electricians are five years. Each each one has its own. I mean, we I deal with a program called the MC3. It's multi craft core curriculum, and I, I deal with their program here in terms of getting students into it. And that that involves nineteen trades unions. I can't remember them all, but it's like lathers, steam fitters, um, sprinkler installers, elevator installers, things like that. And they each have their own apprenticeship programs, their own wage structures, their own medical benefits and their own retirements. Okay. So as you're working as an apprentice during that process, you're getting paid to do that? Well, you, you still, you work. So you work okay. in your job and, and then you go to school at night. Oh, I see. And again, depending on what the union is it has different apprenticeship programs uh the carpenters i believe you go for you go for a whole you take a break and go for a whole week i believe electricians i think you go at night after work i, I don't quote me i'm not sure for sure mm -hmm. so yeah each each apprenticeship program you get you get paid as a worker as long as you're working you get paid and you go to school at night or the evenings or you take a week off or different things but you don't pay for that education that's all covered okay and where in santa cruz County, where are those classes held for people who are interested in, in doing okay. that? So the MC3, I believe you can look up online through the local unions. Each apprenticeship program, there's two apprenticeship programs that I know of in Castroville, that's the electricians and the plumbers. And the carpenter's apprenticeship is generally done over in Morgan Hill. And there's other ones I'm not sure of. Some of them are so small that they, they allow the, the job to be your apprenticeship, right? You do your job and learn your job. And then after four years, you become a journeyman. Some of them are that small in our area. If you go over the hill to San Jose, San Francisco Bay Area, that there's there's huge training programs and stuff like that. Okay, thank you for sharing that. And Problem. it sounds like you know you said that you like to you know to build tree forts and things when you were young. Did you have any idea that that's what you just were going to wanting to continue to do for the rest of your life? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think my body was telling me. Uh, I I always tell the story that my mother. At the, when I was about the age of eight or nine, my mother had a broken vacuum, a broken vacuum cleaner broke. And I, I was curious. I was just curious about it, you know. And my mother, my mother thought to herself, well, if I give it to him and he breaks it, I have to bring a mechanic in anyway. And if he fixes it, if he fixes it I save the money. So I took it apart and the belt fell off. I put the belt back on again, put it back together again, and it worked. My mother saved 20, $25. So from that point on, she said anything that broke, she'd bring it to me first. <laughs> Oh, I, that's, that's awesome. 
I probably fix it about 50% of the time. And then okay. I, that's, occasionally I'd watch the person come in to fix it. You know, how do you do that? You know, I was, I was just so curious about how things work as a kid. I took things. And I see that in my class all the time. Students take things apart and I'll find these things in parts and I'll go, oh, God, who did this? You know, and, and if they own up, if, if they own up to it, we'll put it back together. And if they don't, it's just me trying to figure out how to put it back together. again. I think <laughs> I think that they, they, they don't want to get yelled at. So if they break something or they take something apart, they freak out and hide it or, or, or you know, and I'm like, no, no, just please, please, please. Show it to me. I mean, I was lucky. I had my father who every time I messed up one of his tools had to come home and suck it up and show me how to not how to do it right. <laughs> so I'm the, I, I called the dad in the garage. I'm the dad in the garage for 100 students. Oh, that's really cool. And, and so, I think and, like I think a lot of people, you know, when we're young, like we're very curious how things work. And then yeah. there's people like you who stick with it and like are, you know, who who take the time to, you know, to understand and then right. other people did, they just get older and then they end up just, you know, maybe paying someone like you to do the work for yeah. them. Right. Well, and I, I think it's, you know, when you're talking about careers, a lot of people don't choose this as a career. I, I could have gone to college. My parents were fairly well off. I'm the first child in my family to choose not to go to college, to choose not to go to college. And my mother, luckily my mother, again, very far thinking said, I don't really care what you do for a living, but do it well. Mm -hmm. and be happy so but I think the major shift for me was living in this commune and I had a chance to really get my hands on construction work we were we were tearing out 14 rooms above a restaurant because we were taking in young people from the state of California and we had to make it be state legal so we literally stripped out an old uh, an old hotel probably a hundred year old hotel stripped it down to the bare studs and then re-electrified re-plumbed re-sheetrocked trimmed so forth and so and, and we didn't know what we were doing. We were very young. And so out of curiosity, I would go out to job sites and ask people, hey, how do you do that? <laughs> how do you do that? And they'd say, oh, like this, you know. So anyway. And then go back and apply that to what I you guys were doing? That. I guess yeah, my, curi- my natural curiosity, I mean, we, we would do stuff wrong in our construction work. And I go, that doesn't look right. So I'd go off someplace else and go, well, how do you do that? And they go, oh, like, like, I mean, my one favorite story is I went out. We weren't doing our texturing right on the walls over the sheetrock. And so I... I saw there was an apartment complex over by Neary Lagoon. And I walked over there when the guy was doing texturing on the walls. And I said, how do you do that? And he kind of <laughs> looked at me oddly. Uh, and he goes, well, you just kind of like this. And I said, I said, okay, like that? He goes, well, yeah, you just kind of do like that. And he goes, he goes here. And he hands me his, his mud and his trowel. He says, I'm going to have lunch. And he sits on the floor while I do his walls. <laughs> like, wow. he, says, he says, no, I scrape that off. Now do it again. That's good right there. I do that. And he, I, I just kept going. He, yeah, that's good. Now scrape that off. Now do that again. Okay. So I textured his wall. And the last thing he said to me was, not bad. Keep practicing and don't let anybody put sand in your mix, which I had not a clue what he was talking about. So years later, I saw this wall and I went, that's kind of ugly looking. And somebody said, yeah, they put sand in there and make it happen. I said, oh, that's why I didn't. <laughs> that, that, that's just one example of me trying to learn my trade. But I always laugh because the building inspectors in Santa Cruz in those days, this was very loose. This is in the 70s. We'd walk into our project and go, uh, okay, we'll let that slide, but you got to do it this way. I mean, the first time I learned how to cut sheet, we were cutting sheetrock and the guy walks in and goes, Hey, it's awfully dusty in here. He said, yeah, it's, you know, when you cut the sheetrock with a skill saw, <laughs> he just goes, do you have a razor knife? Yeah. And he gets a razor knife out and cuts it and snaps. He went, Whoa, <laughs> I mean, that's, wow. that's how primitive we were and how we, how we were learning how to do stuff. Right. But I, I, I think the, the commune, it was a very communal work situation. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of community. So it, even in my business relationship, I had partners. I didn't have employees. And, 
and we would do all kinds of odd jobs. And, and I just, I also love the challenge. That's one reason I love teaching is they'll come in with some job. They'll go, hey, Robert, can we do this? I'll go, oh, you've never done it before. Oh, that's interesting. Let's try that, you know? And I'm always up for the challenge. I'm always up for um, something new to do. I'm probably ADHD like that, I'm guessing. I've never been diagnosed, I'm too old. But I'm, I like the variety. I like, you know, kids, like right now in my shop class, they're building, we're building playhouses. We have our own tree fort going on. We're remodeling our own classroom. We're building cabinets for home use and school use. We're gonna pour concrete today. Kids are making little tiny projects. Kids are making giant projects. I got a, a wardrobe behind me. I've got a, um, a, a bunch of little parts we're making for a, a church for a craft project. So yeah, there's all kinds of stuff going on here all the time. And that I like that. I like that my, I like that my own business having odd people come in and go, can you do this? And we go, oh yeah, you know. My partners, you know, my partners were the same way. Yeah, it just, you know, really, it just sounds like you're having a lot of fun. And I think that if you are, that your students probably are too. I hope so. Uh, I, I routinely do a survey and ask them, you know, and I don't, I don't count the answers. I let somebody else do it. I ask them, you know, so how are we doing here? What do we need to do to make this a better place? How does this happen? And the, for me, the sad part is, again, a lot of these young people have not had a chance to put their hands on things. I, I would encourage any parent out there Get your, get, if your young person shows any curiosity at all, give them something to do. Give them a hammer and some nails and pound nails in a board till they go crazy. I mean, I literally have students here just pounding nails in boards for the first time. Hmm. It's like, wow. I mean, I was pounding, I was building tree forest with nails when I was eight or nine years old, you know? And so it, I think that's the only way I think in many ways, that's the only way we discover what it is we want to do. I've, I've discovered some really interesting kids who probably wouldn't have been that route, but they would I said, so you like him doing it? I said, I really am. I said, well, you're really good at it. I'm not telling you to become that, but if you do, I think you could do well at it. And, and quite a few of them went into the industry doing work like that. So, I mean, it's, it's always just a step. I mean, my sister paid her way through law school as a carpenter. Huh. So, and when she was done, she wasn't sure that she wanted to be a carpenter or a lawyer, <laughs> but then she thought, well, I got the law degree. I guess I better do that. But that's, wow. how she paid, that's how she paid her way through law school. And like I say, the beauty of the unions is that you know, a lot of people want to go off to college, right? Go someplace off to college. But if you, if you get a union apprenticeship certificate, you just call around the country and say, you know, you want to go to New York, call and say, hey, you got work for a union person. They call one of the locals. Yeah, we do. Okay, I'll be, I'll be there in a week. Okay, great. And you can arrive there with work waiting for you. Right? That is, yeah, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I met a couple. I met a carpenter who was, we were sitting outside a, um, a hotel in Sacramento. And he was just sitting there happily on his chair a big smile on his face and we were talking I said so what do you we just said so you're just sitting there not eating or anything he goes yeah I helped build these buildings so really he says yeah I was a carpenter doing um, form work for concrete work and mm -hmm. his story was that he lived in Chicago his brother called him in Atlanta one day and said hey you want to come to Atlanta I got a job for you he goes what the heck so he goes to Atlanta and he gets a job as a carpenter oddly enough his brother got out of it but he stuck with it and really found he enjoyed it and kept adding to his base and then one day somebody walked into the job site and said, anybody want to work in LA? He goes, sure, what the heck? So he flies to LA, he's got work waiting for him in LA when he gets there. A couple of 10 years in Los Angeles to get somebody else walks on the job site, anybody want to go to Sacramento? He goes, what's in Sacramento? Cheap housing, I'll go. So that's how I met him in Sacramento. He had retired from woodworking in Sacramento. Huh. So he, he says, everywhere I moved in my life, there was a job waiting for me when I arrived. Yeah, and, that's really, you know, that's a definitely probably an interesting life, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think and people don't understand that I can't speak for all the unions, but there's an international component to this as well. The carpenters mm -hmm. are attached to certain countries outside the United States. The electricians are 
don't know if the plumbers are or not, but there's a certain uh, international component that once you get your uh, journeyman certificate, you can travel to these places to work and they'll accept you as a worker because you've been trained already. Okay. That's, the biggest, that's the biggest issue is that that certificate says you've been trained and can do this job. A friend of mine, I think he finally retired, but he finished his career making about a quarter million dollars a year as a job site uh, supervisor. Wow. So yeah, there's definitely money to be made there. There's room for there's room for growth, and if you like doing it, you know, this. Uh, we met the guy who drives tractors, who drove tractors most of his life. Not tractors, but heavy equipment most of his life. Again, mm -hmm. he was making about a quarter of a million as a job superintendent. And he says, he says, if you like playing with those little joysticks and driving things on screens, that's basically what you're doing with these tools. You just have to be safer with them. That's mm -hmm. all. Yeah, that's really yeah, that's interesting. And you definitely, it sounds like you can live comfortably doing yeah, and, something, you know, being outdoors. And like you're talking about your friend in Sacramento, right. you know, it's got to be rewarding to like, look at these buildings, yeah. you know, like later and be like, huh, like I yeah. did my part in building that. Yeah. And I want to say too, for your listeners that women are becoming way more involved. And the beauty of it is they're paid the same as the men. There's not that pay discrepancy that we hear about in the world all the time. Whatever you, if you're a union carpenter, you're paid, you're an electrician, you're paid that scale. There's no discrepancy between male and female. And there's actually a uh, demand for women right now. The carpenters are looking for more women in the trades. They find that women are better at finished carpentry. I probably shouldn't say that on air, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but here's the deal though, just so you understand. If, you, if you're interested in construction, I, I recommend anybody to get out there and check it out because it's not easy. You have to want to do it, right? The pay is good and your life can be good, but you have to want to do it. Otherwise, you can, people have gone into the trades and left them because it was too much work. There was too much travel. Travel's a big thing with it a lot of times. And so that's kind of where, where it's been. Yeah, so that's, that's where it is. So it's, it's like anything else. A lot of people go to college. Like it's interesting in the trades, how many people have gone to college, gotten a degree, and then gone into the union because they found that their degree wasn't what they wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah. It, 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 it swings both ways always. So... Well, I think that sometimes, you know, what happens with people is that they get pushed in a certain direction in school, like, oh, yeah. you know, maybe by the parents or whatever. And they're pretty young when they get, you know, if they just go straight to college after high school, they're still pretty young and they might not really have had a whole lot of time to think for themselves about what they really wanted to do. And if you get into the trades, it's probably because you, you want to do it and, you know, you're curious about a particular trade. Right. Right. And, and once, once you get that journeyman certificate, it isn't like you're in the military, right? You can, you can leave if you want to and go do something else in your life, right? In fact, the beauty of it is that if you decide to go to school at that point, you know, you could use your trade to help pay for it. You could do, there, there's some programs, that some, some cases, the carpenters will, I, I, I'm, I'm saying this, I'm paraphrasing this viewpoint, but the carpenters, if, apparently if you get to be a third year apprentice in the carpenters and you're doing really, really well, they will send you to Las Vegas, uh, house you in this, in this great housing situation, feed you and put you in this massive training facility to learn how to become a job superintendent. So you a job construction superintendent, construction manager, project manager, because they see the need for it in the trades. Now you can go to school and do that as well. At University of Chico State has a great program for that as well, if you don't wanna do the, the union route. But you, know, you have those two options, right? To do those things and so the trades are recognizing that people need choices and uh, as a really great uh, uh, company in town granite rock 
that you hire with them. And sometimes you can be a union person and sometimes you can't be, sometimes you're not gonna be a union person, but you can say, you know, I'm tired of this job, can I change jobs? And they'll help educate you, hmm. you know, within their own thing. So that, that the, the, it's limitless. The, the one thing I wanted to say is that one of the problems they're having in the unions is the average age of a joining apprentice is like 28 years old, hmm. you know? And, and the reality is if you joined at 18, and stuck mm -hmm. it out, you'd be you'd be retiring at 48, mm -hmm. a 30 year retirement. So right? this is like people are kind of um, maybe joining as like a second career or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just uh, one uh, one gentleman I met. He was he was head of one of the unions. I'm, I'm trying to be less specific here, but he mm -hmm. he had a, he had a degree in environmental studies, and he realized that there was no work from it that time. He waited like two years for work, nothing he could do, and somebody said, "Hey, we're going to join the electricians. Want to come?" He goes, "Well, what the heck?" Well, when I talked to him, he was now the head of the apprenticeship training program. Hmm. electricians yeah and then you know hopefully like his education served him too and in, in oh, his yeah. career yeah. i i i would i'd be the first person to say let's have free college education mm -hmm. right i'm absolutely the first person to say that and figure out how to do it because yes people need a chance to explore but they don't need to walk away with a huge debt yeah you know that's why i mean i think cabrillo is a good option in this town because you can do it much cheaper you can do your mm -hmm. exploration at least at least three of my children did their explorations at cabrillo college yeah. and came away with their directions based on that. Cabrillo's fabulous. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. And for those who are just tuning in, you're listening to the What To Be Show on KSQD Santa Cruz, 90.7 FM. I'm Patrick Hart, and I'm speaking with Leif Rovic, who's a CTE instructor for construction technology at Soquel High School. Leif, you've been in your, you know, in your field for a long time. Do you want to talk about some of your more favorite projects that you're working on or you know, that you've school, worked on or currently working on? In the school or outside? Um, how about both, either? Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you how we out-engineered an engineer once <laughs> in my shop. <laughs> so they came to us with a job. It was a very expensive job on the cliffs above Rio Del Mar. And, that, and we were doing the cabinet work for it. And in the cabinet work, so the contractor comes to us and says, I got a problem. What's, what's that? He goes, well, I got this beam I'm supposed to put into this house. And the people who bid on it can't realize they can't do it. So I'm screwed. I got, I got nobody to build this beam. And it's, it, they bid it out of metal, but they can't do it out of metal. So what are you going to do? So we sat down and hashed it out. My partners and I came up with a scheme for it and then showed it to him. And he goes, okay, let, let me run that by the engineer. <laughs> I said, I said, well, why don't you have an engineer plan? Because the engineer can't figure it out either. I said, run it, run it by the engineer and see what you think. So the engineer looked and said, okay, I can approve that. You need to do this, this, this. And I said, but you're the engineer. He goes, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I just, I'm just sort of a, what was the word he used? I'm a general practitioner. That was his oh. term. <laughs> so we built this beam and everybody was freaking out of their minds. It was 24 feet long, bent in all directions and looked like a piece of spaghetti. spaghetti. And they put, they put it in with a crane. They lifted up with a crane to put it in place. And the carpenter on site liked to mess with people. So they get it really close to in place. We're not there. They got it all. And the carpenter goes, oh my God, it doesn't fit. Everybody's, everybody's like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> He goes, kind of a handsaw, please. He takes a handsaw, goes, zuka, 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 and then, ah, perfect. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, so the beam is still visible. I can walk on the beach and look up and see my, my house beam from the beach, which is pretty oh, cool. That was that one of our really cool. We did a huge contract for Wrigley's company when they were in town here. We made gum trays. Um, Over where Santa Cruz Bicycles is now? Yes, over on the west side, yeah. Mm -hmm. We made 30,000 30, gum trays over a period of about three years that was craziness but it was it was all about trying to figure out how to make it faster how to make them faster more efficient and better that was always our goal right so the time spent doing that was what was kind of fun right let's challenge this let's challenge that and over the years it's been there's a lot of cabinet jobs i've i've, I've walked into a few homes and gone these look familiar 
<laughs> Did you build them? It, it was when I worked for somebody else. Okay. Right? And, and when I and I go, these look familiar. I said, "Well, yeah, so and so built them." I said, "I I plot a drawer and turn it upside down, and there did my handwriting with a oh. number of with a number of drawer on it." That's know? so cool. Did you say at the Wrigley plant that you were making that you made thirty thousand gum, gum trays? Yeah, they they used to use wooden gum trays to make their their actually produce the gum on, and we used to make them. It was a very secretive part. I'm sure they're doing something else now, but yeah, we did that until Wrigley's moved away. And you were building those by hand? Yeah, in our shop. We, we had to order special plywood. We had to add special boards. It was very, very, very specific what we had to do. And, um, and we did it. And they, they were pleased with it. And like I say, we got the, our last job for them. We shipped off, I think it was three or $5,000 trays to Taiwan. Hmm. Said, yes, we're exporting, you know, because yeah. nobody else was doing the trays at the time. Well, maybe they that's spent, where they ended up moving to. No, they, well, yeah, they, they moved their machinery there, I believe. That's why the trays were going there. But uh, they, have, they have a whole new system now that I know of. I don't want to get in trouble with Wrigley. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I'm just> like, <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, so there was a whole lot of uh, stuff like that that we did. And, and the school classroom here, uh, we have like three or four sheds on campus we built. We fixed the away team bleachers. We fixed the football lockers. Um, we repaired a, another shed. We um, did shelves in the library. Well, um, you're building a planter thing today, pouring the concrete, right? Yeah, pouring concrete today for that. Um, we're making a bridge for the ag tech program. We're helping them put windows in the chicken pen in the ag tech program. Yeah, what would SoCal do without you guys? I don't know. <laughs> probably, exactly. another teacher, probably another teacher would come in and do the same thing. I don't know for sure. You know, and we aren't as, we aren't as big or as elaborate as the program that was here before I came hmm. because the money ran out. So um, I, we've been struggling with money for years and we're, you know, we're doing okay. We have enough money to, to keep the shops maintained and buy some materials, but not enough to do major projects. That'd be a, a fine. I'd love to build, if I could get up donor, donors, I would love to build uh, tiny homes. And oh, yeah, those yeah, are really cool. Yeah. Not necessarily sell them, but maybe donate them for the homeless someplace. Mm -hmm. So I saw a beautiful um, one on a trailer like yesterday. Yeah. It was gorgeous. Well, and it's, it's cool because you can do it. We can do it behind our shop outdoors on, and we could have two or three in works. And then in that, in that small area, I could be teaching plumbing, electrical, mm -hmm. window glazing, flooring, siding. Right now we're doing playhouses, which we donate, which we do. We build to do this basic framing. We do siding. We do mm -hmm. like now we're doing interior, interior paneling in the roof of it. And I just try and get as much exposure as I can to what they're doing. Well, I just can't help but think of all the people that you've helped. And, you know, since the time I was at SoCal and you helped right. me and my friends. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the goal. And, and again, I, like I tell my students, I'm not smarter than anybody else. I just have a lot more acquired knowledge mm -hmm. and I want to share it with you. And, and if you're, you're passionate if, about what you do, and I think what comes yeah. across is that you enjoy doing it. Yeah. And if you're, and if you're patient with me, which, is, which requires around here, if you're patient with me, I will eventually share that knowledge with you. Okay. And maybe, and, and maybe not, maybe not in ways that you foresee, but I will do the best I can to share it with you. Oh, I'm sure that's appreciated. And Leif, what advice or resources can you give to students who are interested in pursuing a career in the trades? Okay. Well, anybody interested in pursuing it while they're in high school, they should look into these CTE programs. Um, it may be something interview you might want to consider doing in the future. Because the CTE programs in Santa Cruz involve all kinds of things. On our campus, we have biotech, welding, construction tech, digital photography, computer graphics, agricultural technology, uh, floor, floral design, uh, sports-related medicine. I hope I'm getting them all. I think, oh, I think we have administration of justice, but it's on hiatus right now. And that's just our campus. 
you can go to Harbor and have some, you can go to Santa Cruz to have some, and then there's independent ones off campus as well. And any, any student can do this. And I believe any student can come in, even if you're an uh, independent study student, even if you go to another school, if you can come and apply for it and make the, make, make the time available. I think this is the best chance, CT is the best chance and way to explore possible careers, right? Okay, okay. You can, okay. Go, and, you can go and touch on it, say, I enjoyed this, I'd like to do that follow up. And I think that, you know, each one can lead you in different directions. That's so awesome. Thank you so much yeah. for that great advice. And, and Leif, I just want to thank you again for oh. taking the time to help do this interview. You've shared so much great knowledge and resources for us. And I just really appreciate all the work you do, not to mention all the beautiful volunteer work you're doing around the country. And is there any last things you would like to share with us? Uh, not, but I think I've shared too much. I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's appreciated you know, here. <laughs> uh, final thing, there are no stupid people. There's stupid ideas and stupid plans and stupid designs, but there are no stupid people. We have to work under the, under the auspices that each person is just growing. Mm -hmm. And we, need to, we all need to grow. And we all need to help each other grow. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you so much, Leif. I really appreciate you taking the time. And, and thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's career story with me, Patrick Hart, on our show, What to Be, with today's guest, Leif Rovic, who's a CTE instructor for construction tech at Soquel High School. Okay. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, please send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you've okay. enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM KSQD Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays and streaming online at ksqd.org. Or you can look us up on major podcast streaming platforms like Spotify. And please visit our website at yfiob.org for more information about your future as our business. Thank you very much and see you next time.